0: With Adam R. Welcome to 3 pnr I'm your host, Adamar. And joining me again for this episode is Jean Pierre Jagnoli. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me again.
0: Glad to have you. Glad to have you. How's things going in the acting world?
1: Uh, pretty good. I had a really cool gig yesterday. I can't say much about it. I have non-disclosure agreement. It's a pretty big gaming company, but all I can say is I got my face scanned for something really big, so I'm super excited about it. As a gamer myself, uh, I was definitely one of those uh achievements that I'm excited about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds exciting. Games, that's a huge industry. Enormous. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, definitely.
0: Look, look at Grand Theft Auto 5 from like, what was it? 2013? It's still going? Yeah. It's great. It's, it's still like the number one selling game for, all you know, close to a decade.
1: Yeah, Rockstar really knows how to make games and make them very, um, you know, intricate and involved. There's so many working parts. Uh, a lot of games don't take the development time that Rockstar does. But, man, it's worth the wait because you always get this fully fleshed out game that just feels like the real world.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's very living. People still, they still play. The, I mean, I played a game. You know what I mean? And you have a character yeah. you develop. You bought properties and You've you made friends online. You have your own little clique of people. I mean, it's it's basically a digital social world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like the metaverse before they they called it the metaverse. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's exactly what it is. So moving on, you well we'll stick to this. You're a parapsychologist.
1: Correct. Yeah. I have my PhD in parapsychology.
0: I've been asking these questions of people. I talked. I spoke to Steve Murray yesterday. Uh, Who's going to discover the truth be- behind paranormal and ufology first? Is it going to be humans or AI?
1: That's a, a good question and a, a hard question to answer. To be honest, um, it all depends. I mean, we created the AI, so I mean, on some level, I think we can take some credit if if we're the ones who created the AI that discovers it. So, I mean, maybe there's a maybe I'm stretching a little bit there, but uh, I think we can give a little little credit to humans for creating the AI.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. You know, unless you get the AI, like what happened at Google some time ago. I read this this article, and then I, I think I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Um, two computers at Google started communicating with each other, and were like trying to keep it secret from the people, and end up shutting them down or something to that to that note.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean that's yeah, it's not far fetched. I mean that's a lot of fears that humans have with AI is uh, how intelligent they can actually become, and then what they'll try and do for sure. Right. I mean when
0: AI. Gets to the point where it's uh, saying, you know, I don't think I need control from humans anymore. They're not making strong choices. And they start detecting these other entities around us, paranormal ufology or, or you know, cryptid. And yeah. they start taking the helm of trying to discover what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, that and I think that's a really interesting um, idea and concept uh, because it's true. I mean, uh, you know, as human beings, we like to uh, act like we're the most intelligent beings and we have so much to offer. But I think um, we're very um, like tunnel vision with how we view ourselves and don't accept the idea that there could be smarter beings out there and and more intelligent or more advanced. Um, so if there are, I'm sure that some sort of AI that was intelligent enough to look around and maybe find ways outside of you know, our human senses to see these things that, that they possibly could.
0: <laughs> right. An example would be that uh, a lot of the paranormal investigators use that connect from the Xbox, right. Or something like it. Yes. And so very correct. Yeah. So that's, that's technology uh, identifying something there that we can't see with our naked eye.
1: And exactly. Uh, and then that's the um, advancement technology has made is that it is, it hears sound at, you know, a higher range than humans can, or uh, a lens can see more than the human eye can. So when you have those kinds of technologies that exist, it definitely makes it easier to detect things that within our normal human senses uh, exist, you know, these technologies can, so that that could definitely be a breakthrough for the paranormal. If we're able to capture it with some of these devices.
0: AI scares me, man. (laughs) It scares me. Um, I and we're dependent on it, all of us, right? Like even. Oh yeah. Like I gotta tell you, I, I wear a, a Garmin Venue Two uh, smartwatch, and it you know tells me my heart rate, tells me my steps I'm getting, my calorie burns, my sleep. I become pretty friggin' dependent on this watch for a lot of shit. I didn't realize it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it scares me that every day I wake up, it's the same routine. I, I, unbeknownst to me, I'm looking at my sleep. I'm looking at my you know did I did I get enough steps in yesterday? What's my calories like? And then that is making me interact on my phone more. And that bugged me out. I was like, holy, I mean, I'm really dependent on this.
1: crazy yeah and there's there's a lot of people that are like i know yeah my dad uh who's gonna be 81 uh this uh this week actually he is he listens to this one guy and i mean he is terrified of ai acting like it's gonna you know destroy us all and take over and and make us do things and i was like yeah i mean we're kind of already there on a very simple level of that with algorithms and ai working as far as the internet goes and a lot of advertisements and all that so i mean i don't know if we'll see that particular scenario anytime soon i mean it definitely is realistic to think it may happen one day depending how intelligent and smart this ai can become uh, but I, I personally grew up with uh I, I grew up in both you know i grew up with technology and also without i was i was one of those kids who actually played outside growing up right. with friends and you know the streetlights came on that's when you went home so um, i have the benefit of having those real life experiences and not being stuck like a lot of the kids i see nowadays who are just on their tablets and their games like 24 hours a day and they don't go out much um so i definitely think it's it's going to be the the younger generations that are going to be more susceptible to to the ai and technology because they're so dependent and addicted to it and right. they can't step away i mean um i'll give you an example of something uh, a friend tried to do this was years ago it's probably 2000 i want to say maybe 13 um i went to a um a big uh, comic con convention in la and uh, one of our good friends who works with um social media outlets and it's it's called temple of geek and they you know they do a bunch of nerd culture stuff they take pictures and go to these events and all that and he challenged me and my wife to take as many pictures as we could and like post and i mean i lasted about an hour because i'm a man who loves experience i want to be there and take it in and feel it and and hear stuff and see stuff so i feel like i a phone or doing that distracts me from it so i'm very much anti-technology it My friends had to fight me to get on MySpace when that became the new big thing. And honestly, one of the only reasons I did was because that was kind of like the only way to communicate with a lot of people. And also as an artist, a comedian, a rapper, and all the stuff that I do, it was great for networking. Um, But outside of that, I fought texting for a long time. Like I feel like I kind of have a mix of old school and new school where I kind of balance it so I don't let it consume me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I read... Some years ago, I read a study that our attention spans and our IQs are declining because of 30 second, you know, increments of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that, uh, I just stopped watching 30 second videos. I mean, if it's not a documentary or something that's even if it's comedy in greater lengths of period of time so to sustain focus. And I don't want my face buried in a phone all day. And we're a lot the same. I, I would go out like my cousin's and my like other relatives they would sit home they play video games i would be out i want to do something i want to touch something i want to want to get in trouble that was what always been my attitude i want to explore i'm an exploring kind of person
1: yeah same here
0: <laughs> i think ai i think if ai is going to become a problem i think it's going to be because a former uh superpower if they ever collapse they're just in the moment of being upset about it or whatever the might lead to it maybe they just let it loose like you know whatever man you know this is we're going to collapse anyway let's just hit the go button on this thing see what happens and people have this this misconception that ai is going to do what like terminator did they're going to build robots or like the matrix they're going to it's not going to do any of that shit it's going to be very pragmatic it's going to release a virus that's going to end us all
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, I would even look at something like um, Avengers Age of Ultron, where right. Ultron was like, oh, human beings are a disease on this planet. We need to get rid of them. And yeah, like you said, it won't be necessary to build a bunch of robots and like take over. But I feel like it'll definitely be like "Yeah, they're more of a, a hindrance to existence than they are, you know, adding or benefiting to it. So they eh, should probably get rid of them, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, exactly. If you're talking about an intelligence that studied us. And it could tailor something to make us specifically sick, humanity. Mm-hmm. Animals will live. I mean, if, it's going to be practical. If it's, so that's what worries me about AI. It's not so much yeah. that there'd be this war. We just won't see it coming.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think if any anyone who's really intelligent, if you hear about people who get away with murders or crimes or anything on that level, it's very intricately planned out and you're not going to see it coming. It's not going to be like just a blatant like come straight up to you and like shoot you in the face type of scenario. It's going to be like, oh, la-di-da, everything's okay. I mean, I'll use the pandemic as an example. You know, this this COVID-19 thing. It's like that snuck up on us and changed our entire lives. And you know, it wasn't like it was right there in our face. And, you know, I mean, granted, there, there definitely were warnings about it, but um, it still was like a very calculated thing that human beings thought we were kind of invincible. And then it kind of brought us down a peg and had us look at ourselves like, eh, maybe we're not invincible, you know, to everything. Right. I
0: mean, that was a, that was for me. Was a, I mean, you know, the beginning of COVID, I was terrified because I was like, wow, this. look, I'm not afraid of very many things. Mm. I am, however, afraid of things I can't see or control. Right. Uh, Yeah. And that's, you know, consider I consider the idea that if AI decided to eradicate us, uh, not only we not see it coming, but it would probably be really fast. I mean, you're talking about a really intelligent develop, whatever it may be. If it gets to the point where it wants to get rid of us, it's because it's it's calculated. It's took its time. And so, again, it's not just the fact of are we going to see it coming? We're not even going to know it happened. It's just going to be it's going to be all at once.
1: And yeah. those that survive. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, those that survive, they got a they got a lot of work ahead of them. And now yeah. you you know, they they've taken all your equipment away from you. Everything we have in military applications is controlled centrally somewhere now. Jets, yeah, all of it. So the scary part is you couldn't even utilize that against it. And even if you could, how could you kill something that virtually doesn't exist in the first place? Right? It's in right, service. it's not living. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it that that troubled me. And then so what are your thoughts on um what are your thoughts on simulation theory
1: um I, I mean it's it's really interesting uh especially dealing with the paranormal you encounter things that that don't make sense sometimes you know I definitely have heard stories from people and read stories of of things that happen that that make it seem like we're in in a simulation or s- something along those lines I mean even well-known people have, I think Elon Musk made a statement about this possibly being uh, a simulation. So, I mean, it's definitely out there and theorized by a lot of people that it could be a simulation. And, uh, you know, I I wouldn't say I have enough evidence to really make a solid defined uh, answer for something like that. But being in the realm of the paranormal, you can't Uh, discount anything, because the paranormal is unknown for a reason. So I think the reality is that anything's possible, you know, and that's kind of how I view things. So it's, is it a possibility? Uh, I think it's very real that it could be a possibility. Um, Because I think if you limit yourself as a human being, then, then uh, you don't grow, you don't expand your knowledge and your way of thinking. So I think just to be open to other ideas and different ideas that we may not necessarily be comfortable with are okay with is good and allows you to grow and be aware of more. I think than people who are closed minded.
0: Agreed. I had time to think about that because I have a friend of mine. He, uh, he subscribes to everything. You know what I mean? Like out oh, of world's flat, you know, he's one of those guys. So okay. hang out with him in a pool hall and sometimes he'll say something, He even as crazy as he might come off. Sometimes he'll say something that'll cause me to think uh, I'll take pause. Like, wait a minute. So I started thinking to myself, um, if you look at how we are, the construct of, of our biology, the mm-hmm. only thing that makes us self-aware and conscious is the energy in our brain, not even the brain itself. The brain is a housing unit for the energy and the data, right? Yes. And so when you think about that, you start getting into the idea of our, we're just avatars. And, the, and so the energy that is in our our, our soul or consciousness is one and the same. You start considering that and thinking, well, we're definitely being downloaded to this body. And so Mm -hmm. when we perish from here, we're either, we're probably back uploaded to a source, right? Where the data is, right? Yeah. And when you say, when I say things like that out loud and thinking about it, it puts things in perspective for me, meaning what we call paranormal here, like ghosts, that's just residual energy that didn't go back, back to a source.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that's a a good way to describe it. I kind of feel the same way. Um, especially like if you look at an example of feeling loss, you know, I've, I've lost a lot in the last year of my life, a lot of my family and stuff. And, and I've had weird experiences, you know, not, none of them negative. Thankfully, it's all been positive stuff, but, um, I think that's a great way to say it. Like, you know, we're downloaded here and then we go back to the source afterwards. I mean, um, I've met multiple people and know multiple people who describe past lives. I have memories of things and that have popped up that, I shouldn't know about right. certain places that I never been, at least in this lifetime, but I knew things. So, I mean, those kind of experiences make you sit back and think and go like, did I come here before? Did I ask project out of my body? Did I live a different life before? And maybe I was in this area before, you know, like when right. we when we redownload and come back, what if we we aren't too skewed far off from our last life? And there's like things that connect from that past life, it's you true. know what I mean? And that's why we recognize them.
0: There's a, I mean, there's a couple of parts to that too. Um, one being, I, and I've, I've said this a lot, and the more I think about it, like when you send information with fiber optic cables, for instance, you're sending data in the form of energy and number, you know, zeros and ones, et cetera, and then it gets mm-hmm. somewhere else and it's constructed, re, or I'm sorry, reconstructed so you could view it. And when you perish, when you get a reset and you, you go back to the source and then you're brought back here, Sometimes that energy that's refreshed or not that some of that data is still attached, and I think that's yes. how you explain away previous lives because you're re- basically recycling. Um, and there's obviously new data cre- constructed and made, new energies made, and there's uh, there's recycled energy. And depending on where you go next, your energy goes elsewhere. It could be a, a, there's an, there could be billions of Earth-like planets out there. And these are the, the, the proving grounds. And your energy goes to those planets, right? And you rege- and whatever mm-hmm. that being is there. That is what you are there. Uh, it's 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 such a big thing to think about. You know how small I felt, John? When I, <laughs> when I started to think of, like, learning more about the universe and the idea that there's a, we're in a bubble of a universe and there's other universe bubbles, my head almost exploded.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a lot. No, it really is. And uh, I think... It's also a beautiful thing at the same time because it grounds you a little more and puts a better perspective on you on what life is. So I think thinking on those big picture scenarios or lives is uh, is impactful to you and, and kind of grounds you a little more, too, and lets you appreciate stuff.
0: Agreed. Uh, I'd, I have relatives that are, you know, they're they're Christian in nature. And I, I want people to say I'm not attacking religion. I know it sounds like I am. Because I I, mm-hmm. I, I just have this problem with with um, people reading literature, and just that's it for them. That's the end all, and I don't think that's the way it was supposed to be. I think man did does what man does. We take something, we hear it, we expand on it. Uh, in some cases, we fabricate a little bit to see fit our own. Uh, but ultimately, I think I think religion is a positive thing, right? You, you know, but it's it's just till you know the wrong person gets at the head of it and uses it for self-serving purposes.
1: Yeah, but- no, that's, I think that is the perfect way to describe it. And that's how I describe it to a lot of people. Um, human beings, I think one of the bigger flaws we have as humans is, um, we have this need for control. A lot of the time it's because we lack control in our own lives. So we try to control other people and that gives us, I think, safety and security. And, um, Religion, I think, is seen by some of these controlling people as the perfect avenue to exert that control. So they're like, oh, great. You know, there's this place, and we tell them all this stuff, and they listen, and they act better, and they behave, and they follow the rules. And I like that control, and to be part of that, and to, to mold it and shape it, and even add stuff that benefits maybe whether it be the religion itself or, or a certain group. Um, it definitely is, is a good way to look at it because that's just how human beings are in general i think you know and not yeah. everybody is has a lust for control or power but a lot of i think mentality of some people in power uh lust for that and they're like i need control and again i would say it's more of a psychological phenomenon where they probably lack control somewhere else in their life or they don't accept that life itself is chaos it's not controlled at all in any right. way and i think to feel better about life they have to have some sort of control cuz reality life is chaos and if you can accept that you don't control things, life becomes a lot easier.
0: Agreed. And you know, the scary part of it too, man, is uh, these, I know these people, I'm related to some of them and I say this a lot uh, and it's hard for me to, to understand them, but they, their belief system is uh, God made here and that's it. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. And, and even if aliens came here, I say this a lot too, but even if aliens came here, they'd be like, well, that's, that's the enemy. That's it's, it's the devil. That's their, that's their defect. It's like a de facto yes. thing to go to
1: and, all the time.
0: And it scares me, you know, when people think like that, because that's, cult-like you know
1: um no it really is It, it really is again it goes to that one way of thinking where there's nothing else and when you get comfortable and complacent in those mindsets um i think we don't grow as a species we don't grow as you know the human race because it's like oh well everything is like this and that's it and sadly it trickles into our individual lives too because if you believe that everything else is controlled then you accept that you're controlled and you have no power and then you give up on dreams or other things you want to pursue because you think that there's no hope and no chance because everything's controlled
0: right you know it's in the other (laughs) i i hear this from people a lot like well you know the bible gives us the balance and you know people don't do wrong if you have to read words in a book to know killing someone else is wrong should probably be evaluated
1: (laughs) a hundred percent i I agree like um you know someone like me who's been through abuse um and a lot of different things uh i always tell people this all the time like i i don't wish on my worst enemy the things i went through in life yeah because i don't want to see suffering i i know what suffering is and i don't want to be there and i don't want others to be there religion didn't tell me that that's something that through experience through life that i wanted to achieve for myself and again yeah if you need someone telling you you need to be good are you really good sounds like you're really bad in the first place you need someone to tell you to be good right and that that's that makes you in my opinion questionable as a as a being because you need someone else to tell you to be good you can't see for yourself that like you said killing is wrong or mistreating people stealing hurting whatever you do to hurt someone i mean intentionally um is bad.
0: Right. Yeah. So that for you and I, that makes sense. And for a lot of people, it makes sense, but there's literally people out there. Well, they're, and that's why it's good to have law enforcement and religion. Oh, I do. They both kind of have a a similar purpose, right? you know, do wrong here, Mm -hmm. go to hell, do wrong there, go to prison. And so a lot of people don't steal or do horrible shit. And those fears, it's a fear. And that's, again, when you get back to the beginning of what I think religion came from is like, we got a lot of people. And they're stealing, shooting, killing. We, we need the, the authority of something greater that they can't perceive. So this way, it'll give them the fear of whatever it's going to be to not do these horrible things. And that, mm-hmm. that's and then, unfortunately, as time passes, you get very charismatic leaders who find this. this uh, I'm not going to name names. It's one of these guys on TV who flies around in Jets, has mansions, Lamborghinis, and Ferraris. Mm-hmm. And I'm positive God didn't say that's what he wanted for him. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, completely, 100%. I mean, you know, you just look at the world itself and how much suffering there is, starving children, uh, bad situations, and where are these mega churches that make millions? You know, right. they're not paying taxes, and they're flying in jets and have fancy cars, but how come there's still children starving? I mean, life is sacred. That's what these people say, but you look around, and life doesn't seem very sacred at all.
0: No, not at all, especially when you're in the middle of Italy and you're in a marble slash finest materials and woods from all over the world with archives and your robes are made of some beautiful silk. You're wearing gold chains and hats that are custom made. And there's mm. children in your country that are not eating that night. Yep. Scares me. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is mind boggling. And I think those are the reasons I think while I was telling a friend today actually was Intelligence allows you to see these things for what they are, rather than what you're told they are. When you can recognize that there's suffering still in the world, and the people who should be potentially helping these these tragedies from happening, um, they aren't. And it's like that's where my belief goes out the window. Because how can I have faith when uh, this is what's happening, and someone's allowing this to happen? Um, again, my example would be I've been through horrible things, but I still don't want to see people suffer. Um, and not everyone thinks that way. So it makes you question. Cause if you look at what love is defined as, and what actually is like, people throw that word around, like, it's nothing a lot. And they act like that that's protection from the consequences from bad behaviors. Right. But they'll say, I love you. Like my grandma would abuse me and say, I love you afterwards. Yeah. Hard for me to believe that when you savagely beat me, you know? Um, and so in those situations you have to really think like, you know, what is it really all about? Right. Um, You know, it makes you question things and throw it out the window. Like if someone's all loving, they wouldn't allow this kind of thing because love, love makes you do crazy things. And, and some of the crazy things when you care for someone are usually with true love. Um, I would even say even, uh, using a a modern example would be like the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial. Oh, wow. Like just, just the, the juxtaposition of both of them and their behaviors and manners and what they've both been through and what they've both done. Um, You just hear those stories like I feel like Johnny Depp, especially being a victim of abuse in the home from his mother too. like, I think on some level, regardless, I I can't defend him completely, because I wasn't there. And I know that drugs and alcohol can turn you into a different person. I've seen it myself. So again, I'm not like defending and saying he's the greatest person. But when you love someone. You let you let them abuse you. You think that's what love is when you don't know any better. Like me right. being abused with my grandmother, I thought that was love. I had no idea I was being abused. I just thought, oh well, this is my family. That's it. And other people would come around and say that's that's bad, and I'm like, oh, it's just my family. Yeah, it's like so Stockholm syndrome to be that way. Oh, it really is. You know, and it takes a lot to break from that.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy too to think that way because so, you're right. A lot of people that get abused, they stick around because it's it's the. I, I think the abuser sometimes makes them believe like, well, you're not going to do better. And most people, oh, yes. if you program someone's mind that way, they start to believe it,
1: right? 100%. And you I, saw I'm Johnny. part of that. You know, the, the stuff I'm doing right now with my career and my life makes me so happy. I mean, when I left the uh, this scan yesterday, um, I mean, I was just in, in awe and shocked that, like, man... This is what I dreamed of and I'm doing it like it's just it's it's mind blowing to me that there was at one point I never believed it was possible for me because of how uh, verbally abused I was and told I was, you know, made to feel like I wasn't worth anything or capable of anything. And then it's like once I broke from that and I started pursuing it, I learned I am worthy and capable of doing all the things I want to do. It's just going to take a lot of sacrifice and a lot of time, especially if I don't maintain my integrity and try and be a good person. So,
0: yeah, I mean, and you know, you keep your, you're, you're a busy guy, man. You ta- you tackle a lot and it's a good thing because if you stay positively productive, you'll have positive outcomes always. I, I yeah, firmly believe very that. Very true. And you know, as far as falling in love, um, I, I tend to want to fall in, a, in agreement. I think that's because love's a funny word, right? Like you, yeah. Like if uh, an example would be, a lot of people do this. I know them personally. I've seen it in life. People are like, oh, I love you. And then like six months later, like, I don't know. I hate that person. Yeah. That's that's just the, the people living in that moment fall in agreement. Because if you fall in agreement, it means you, you, have, you have like a, a like mind and you agree on things. Mm-hmm. And that's more powerful than a feeling you had for the first six months of someone, you know. That's a long-term agreement, you know
1: yeah definitely and i think too it's it's our perception of what love is and love means too so right. again people throw it around it's become a word that doesn't carry weight anymore it's something that's used to sometimes manipulate and control people and to fool people into a false sense of security um so yeah you know in agreement sounds like a great uh option if you if you don't really understand what the word love means right. i think if you really understood the weight the word love carried then your behavior would be different because I really believe your word is your bond. And if you say you love someone, love does mean that you have to deal with a lot too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you say that, it's 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 really like like an oath you're taking and a challenge you're going to have to face um, rather than just, oh, I say it because I, I have this feeling. It's more like, no, there's something greater here than just the word I said, but it comes with a lot attached to it. And I think that's why the word love doesn't carry a lot of weight because people say it as an excuse for other behaviors. At least that's what I've seen from a lot of people.
0: I agree with you. I too. I, I mean, I do. So, I mean, like, so there's, we started with a religion. We'll move over to politics and I don't really deal in politics other than I started learning more about who's overlooking the problems here in America. Mm-hmm. And here in America, we have a lot of hungry people. I think I think the number is north of 700,000 of people that are starving, which I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's bigger than that. That's just what I'm looking online. Yeah. So when you hear that, same for the, the these these churches or these you know, multi-million dollar built churches, there are literally people out there that are trying to solve the problem for hunger and they're getting paid six figures.
1: Yeah, that's a problem.
0: <laughs> you
1: know? Oh, completely. You use those six figures to feed people. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Easily,
0: you know, like you, you. So when you got a six figure position, and when I say not just one guy, mm-hmm. lots of them, hundreds of people with six figure jobs working vigorously at this, allegedly, right? And then you do yep. you hear about? I, I do studies like I or I was reading about this not long ago because I like nature documentaries. I'm hearing about wild boar running rampant through our country, numbering around 8 million solid, mm-hmm. destroying ecosystems. And, and that 8 million, will triple soon because evidently they mate more often than other animals, right? They, they yeah. procreate fast. And I'm thinking, here we are in America where we have reality shows everywhere. Why not make mm-hmm. a hunting reality show? And the benefits of that, that whatever is killed feeds the hum- the homeless and the hungry. Mm-hmm. I, and you don't need a six figure job for this. You know This is a yeah. find a network to say, hey, we're going to do this competition, and we're going to kill boar, and and it can, and the meat will go to the to the homeless and hungry. Like I I, yeah. ha- I hate when I watch these. I, I used to watch Hell's Kitchen a lot until mm-hmm. I, I saw him throwing the food in the garbage. I was like, what's up with that? It's a screw yeah. up. But why? That you're right in the heart of L.A. A lot of hungry people there. <laughs> so. These are the things that boggle me. So all of this stems around to me and why I bring it all up. We have multi-million dollar uh, religious organizations, huge governments, and when it comes to the paranormal and ufology, they give no no resources to anyone to really dig into it. Yeah. And that's like you have MUFON, huge, enormous uh, organization, but they're limited by funds. And so the government's argument is, well, we don't, you know, uh, we'll, we'll look into it. We don't really want to attach it a stigma. We'll have an idea, fund them, give them some resources, and then you could sit there and cherry pick what you feel like is the better cases towards the end.
1: At the yeah. very minimum. <laughs> Yeah, no, and definitely. And I I agree with you 100% on that. Um, I think from my research and study of all of this, um, you know, you look at things like Project Blue Book and the programs the government ran. They seem to have publicly said that they shut these programs down. And we don't really know if secretly they are still running these programs. Right. um, Just because, you know, government's not very honest in any way. So I wouldn't expect them to be honest in that way either. Um, But uh, just the fact that it feels like, Most people agree that they say that their their fear of exposing supernatural things to be real, whether it be ghosts, UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, all these. You know, there's a million things I could I could rattle off that could potentially exist, but they I think they really fear that if they expose that these things exist that uh, it'll it'll destroy a lot of systems that control people. You know what right. I mean? If, if religion lied to us and there's other beings that God never mentioned or the Bible never mentioned or, you know, whatever, science never mentioned, all these other things that people will look at, uh, it kind of breaks – the the matrix that we're living in of, you know, we're the center of the universe and we're like the greatest species, and most intelligent. So, I mean, I think egos involved with potentially suppressing this stuff and then also control right. may be involved with suppressing a lot of this information. Um, and again, it's because of the way I see people's behaviors on Earth and particularly in America and capitalism, which is spread all over the world, too. Um, You know, there's people that want power and and money, uh, you know, concentrated in very small pockets with only a few individuals controlling and running everything. And I think to be exposed to something like extraterrestrials or something else outside of our norm would put a perspective on human beings like, wait a minute, maybe we're not the center of everything. Maybe there's more. And. Uh I believe people who want control do not want intelligent people. George Carlin famously said they only want you smart enough to press the buttons and do the paperwork but not smart enough to see that you're getting screwed every day. So I think that is probably the best way to describe why so many things are, are kind of kept in secret. I
0: agree, you know. I mean because if aliens appear tomorrow, there's going to be that guy's like, "You mean to tell me I've been going to church every Sunday and paying mm-hmm. this guy money every Sunday?" And the shit he told me isn't real. Like, there's aliens right there. I can see them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, here we got the billionaires going. I say this a lot, and I'm excited about it. The billionaires are racing to space now. It's not Mm -hmm. even for the better of humanity. It's not even for exploration. It's who could do more faster. Yeah. I want to bring celebrities. They're just comparing sizes now. Yeah, you know? And I I say this often, but when celebrities go up into space and they have cameras and they're live feeding and they're taking pictures, Mm -hmm. you're not suppressing that information. That's oh, not, yeah, that's viral. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. like Jeff Bezos and other billionaires like how we're going to make a move. We can make a show out of this reality show. We exactly. Go chasing aliens, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. So, and I'm not even making a show out of it necessarily. But I mean, you could tell these men are driven by ego. So to be the first one to really expose this kind of stuff, I mean, notoriety and fame from it alone would probably, you know, stroke their egos in such a way that they would just expose it for that be like I'm the one I'm the first one
0: <laughs> yeah in a heartbeat I, I say this a lot too because um, it's true this is a fact if we found another planet that was primitive like they' let's let's compare them to our 1960s they they just mm. hit that part right there's probably a there's probably a billion planets out there where they haven't even gotten to the point of using electricity or 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 they don't have vehicles right they're still in their bronze age there's probably a bunch of them out there if we found these planets, and the billionaires are the ones going to it, Jeff Bezos is putting Amazon over there. He's not thinking about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are going to work exactly. in this
0: warehouse, and here's this shiny shit we call gold. It's valuable. The gods will tell you so, and you'll work for it. <laughs> right. And so that trend will repeat itself again and again and again. And so the government, this is what makes me believe that they're doing these, these little disclosures. And and this leads into why I speak about the homeless and the hungry and the powerful churches and the politics. There's such a big picture out there that no one's looking at. None Mm -hmm. of us. There are things beyond our understanding. Uh, I'm, you know, before the podcast, before I looked into this, I thought if you died, the computer turned off over. You know what I mean? It was done. Yeah. Now I make room for more because there's definitely, especially when you're looking at the construct of the universe and especially our planet, Uh, the way the moon and the earth operate, it, it looks mechanical, like by design. Yeah. Right. I mean, what I, if it wasn't? If Jupiter and Saturn were where they are, comets would frequently hit us. So, yep. That being said, all these organizations, all these billionaires, and what it leads to is, if we're going to solve the mystery behind ufology and paranormal, we got to start having more big, like bigger minds, not be afraid to speak about it cuz that's yes. and that, and the government although i applaud that they're speaking publicly about it but if you saw that last congressional hearing that was an empty room there yeah. was, wasn't a lot of people there you know
1: Well, I mean, it goes back to, like you said, big people speaking about it, I think, in that scenario where that the government has become uh, and individuals within it have become untrustworthy. And to us, I think to the general public, you know, we see them as liars and people who don't care. So, I mean, how are you going to try and speak the truth when we already don't trust you? So I mean, I think that will definitely lead to a decline in people wanting to listen to you. You've already like let us down and left us impoverished and struggling. So why well, would I want to listen to you? You've already lied to me and, and done a bunch of horrible things that have benefited you and hurt the rest of us. So I think that's another reason. Um, you talk about people who are credible, you know, people who have a platform but are also intelligent and don't have a track record of lying and, and abusing things.
0: Right. And you know, another example is here in Florida, I'm not sure what it is like by you, but here in Florida, uh, we took a hit from COVID, right? Like financially, economically, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are not recovered still from that a lot. And yet they've raised rent, gas, food, mm-hmm. taxes. It's like, are you trying to push us to the point of break? That's the fun. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to see these things. And so when, the mm-hmm. when you have a government, uh, forming a, a disclosure, or or speaking about what they "quote unquote" know, and then you see how it's an atrocity what's going on in most states. How is it that we're supposed to trust them? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any exactly. sense, you know. You can't raise prices on rent, food, and et cetera Just after a pandemic, and we're not even done with this pandemic. This yeah. this COVID thing's hanging around. It's finding new ways oh, yeah. to be. It's it's renewing itself, right? Mm-hmm. So all, yep, again, this true. this is why I say. AI scares me because at what point does some country that has an AI program like China, right? Mm-hmm. Do they? What if they collapse and they're like, you know, f- forget it. Let's just hit the button. Let the I let the AI loose. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know if it examines us and it examines what's you know if it, if AI examines things by the numbers, we're in trouble because they're going to look no, at as yeah. a real
1: problem, you know yeah and and it's weird i have a a a newfound philosophy of life so i mean i totally get all that but i also understand that we are the virus to to the planet earth and not necessarily to earth but to ourselves yeah um so i wouldn't blame an ai for looking at us and saying wow this is awful like let's get rid of this um and then also just just the idea that I'm very accepting of things that I can't control or out of my hands. I don't understand a lot about AI. I know the basics. I know what's going on with it and, you know, little things here and there, Uh, but I couldn't stop it. So, um, so I don't necessarily worry about it as much. I'll give you an example. Unfortunately, I was recently diagnosed. um, I have a tumor on my left kidney. It is cancer. And it was, uh, you know, definitely a shock to hear. And it's, it's a lot of that I have to go through. But I'm the calmest one out of everyone, you know, I have to carry the weight of my wife and everybody else being scared and sad right now. And, you know, I'm comforting them while they're comforting me, but I'm just staying positive living my life and hoping that everything will work out for the best because I realize I can't control that. It's not like cutting off my abusive family and saying like, go away. Um, so I think it's the same thing when I encounter things like AI and the potential for a future being kind of doom and gloom in some ways is that, well, how much control do I have in that situation? Right. If I don't have a lot, then I don't necessarily fear it. I think I would more accept that like, it is what it is. So I think being grounded on that perspective and going through so much in my life kind of keeps me in a, a balanced state where I'm aware, but. I don't want it to slow down my progress as an individual and as someone who wants to try and inspire people and live a good life. So that's kind of where I developed when it comes to a lot of this stuff.
0: Well said, man. Well said. So the, the cancer they, they found me, that's what the, obviously it's operable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they have to completely remove my left kidney because it's only isolated to my kidney. So uh, unfortunately I do have kidney problems. So they're, they're functioning like 40%. So I don't have to be on dialysis or chemo as of yet that I know of, Um, I'm trying to get the surgery approved right now. And then when that happens, you know, I'll know a lot more, but it's, I have very limited information at the moment. Luckily I don't have symptoms. I feel pretty good. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to make the best of life and enjoy it the best way I can.
0: Cancer is another one of those things, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that we haven't figured out some sort of like, I don't know, maybe like a cure or something because Mm -hmm. that's a huge industry. There's, yeah. there's buildings and doctors and nurses and drugs that are, that specifically are catered to that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I said, this to who did I say this to? I think Steve Murr. I said, if you cured the common cold, Tylenol would have you killed. Yeah. Right. Cause that's a billion dollar a month co- mm-hmm. <laughs> industry right there. colds and sinuses. I know I have constant sinus problems. I live on, on uh, you know, I use nasal sprays and rinses. And if I found a way to cure that tomorrow completely, that entire industry is gone.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, the, the uh, medical industry has famously openly said that, you know, you don't make money off of cures. You make it off of uh, prolonging uh, illness. So, exactly. I mean, they don't have an incentive to truly... Um, Right. Uh, eradicate a lot of these diseases and things that are happening because it's, it's, it makes so much money. Um, I mean, you look at most of the, the best inventions that saved humankind with like measles and other things. It, it was usually independent people that helped fund the research to find vaccines and other stuff. And they usually gave the patent away for free because they wanted to help humanity. But you don't find that that's the same mentality they have in the medical industry. It's for profit. And they're like, we got to make money off this.
0: I agree man cuz that's <laughs> it's the truth. It's a long time ago someone figured out if I could uh you know not not cure but like, treat this person he's going to pay me every week. Mm-hmm. And so if you get yeah I mean it may, it's sad to say that. You know it's, it's sad as to we'd to even think that. That that's how we we operate but it's it's it really is. It's yeah, a, no, it's, a it's, business. it's
1: it's it's true. I mean, uh, you can go as far back as the indigenous people. You know, my wife's indigenous uh, Navajo from uh, Arizona. And I mean, they had uh, natural remedies for almost everything that grew from the earth. Yeah. And when, you know, things became modernized, you know, these these medical companies came out and they synthesized all of their their cures and treatments and just, you know, made it profitable rather than for helping people. And I mean, these are stories I heard directly from indigenous people. So Um, You know, you hear from the oral histories of what actually happened. And I mean, they would just you could grow it. They just grew it themselves and they took care of the tribe, took took care of their people and they weren't bothered. They didn't have to, you know, if somebody was disabled, they didn't have to pay money or or fight to live like the tribe came together and took care of those people just as you should take care of a human who needs help. So but unfortunately, we we changed all of that. And modern capitalist society is about, you know, making those profits over everything.
0: Well, I don't think this thing gets the best of you. You don't. I. You don't strike me as. Uh, well, I guess it's going to happen, type. Right. I. I th-
1: yeah, definitely not. I mean, again, I made a promise to myself years ago when I quit my day job and decided to pursue my career. Um, you know, because I used to suffer from severe depression, suicidal thoughts, and when I was really getting abused savagely from my family. And when I broke from it, I promised myself I would never go back into that mindset. And I've been able to keep it so far, even through some of the worst news I've gotten. Um, I bounce back pretty quick, and I just take life one day at a time. You know, uh, I'm I'm a firm believer, and I don't believe in coincidences. And I truly believe everything happens for a reason. If it happens, it happens for a reason. It's to learn from it. It's to gain something from it. It's to to grow and and you know change things. So. So I think when you when I look at it that way, it makes things a lot easier to swallow when they're presented to me.
0: A lot of people that have that optimistic point of view and and they have that that persistence in them and they they view everything from an optimistic perspective find a lot of success. Uh even like what you're saying, uh, everything you know happens for a reason. Uh, I gotta think. It sounds like a pro- that that's one of the things to say. Well, maybe this could be a simulation because how are these people with these very optimistic points of views and perspectives? They they just they rise to the top, and it's like maybe you're changing the programming in the system, right? You've altered yeah. the matrix here. So you're, you're you're fitting, and it kind of explains what even like the ufology and the paranormal thing. Some people could perceive it, others cannot see it. Um, mm-hmm. again, everyone's brain is kind of built the same, but some people have different software, right? So that yeah. being said, it's, it feels like there could be a, a program, a construct that we're living in, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, the, uh, another way to look at it, too, if, if there is something uh, to the simulation theory, is that if everyone else around you is part of it, and human beings in general, whether in the simulation or not, we tend to like to be part of the group, to be accepted, to be liked, to be social, and you look at most people, and most people are run-of-the-mill people. They have very simple goals. They have things they want to do. They want to have a house, kids, a family, a car. And then there's other people who want more. Uh, how do you describe those types of people? For me, I've always wanted more. Um, I am an artist at heart. It's who I am. It's what makes me feel alive. It's who I am to, to create, to create music, to to do a performance that touches someone uh, or make someone laugh or a joke that makes someone laugh. All these things, they mean a lot to me. And I honestly, I, I honestly despise and hate money and I don't care about fame. Those are not the reasons that I do what I do. I truly love what I do. And if you, you see the money I make on a lot of these smaller jobs, you would know it's true because I'm not over here. Like, oh, I need a million dollars. I'm like, I'm just trying to, to you know, make ends meet right. and be happy with what I do. And when I quit my regular day job to pursue this, it really taught me a valuable lesson that a paycheck cannot bring you happiness at all. Right. I was the worst when I had a job with benefits and I steady work hours and everything, and then I'm here in uh, basically a freelance actor, you know, and everything else I do, and life has never been more exciting. I get to do cool random things all the time that I would never be able to do at just a mundane nine to five job. So, um, you know, that's that's me.
0: <laughs> yeah, no shot. I get excited. You know, I worked in radiology for some years. Um, I quickly discovered working in the medical setting is not for me. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was depressing more than it was anything else. Uh, yeah.
1: Because
0: you see, no one, listen, no one's going to hospital to, for a vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you worked in uh, the emergency room at nighttime for radiology and it's, you saw just the worst case scenarios always. And so it's, yeah, that's definitely not for me. Uh, so I know what you mean. Uh, if you're doing something you love, you're not working you know, you're,
1: you're exactly. I said it when I got to the, you know, my, my job yesterday, it's like, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And he's like, that's true. You know, and that energy is infectious. Uh, when no matter what you do, if you carry that mentality, every time I work on a set or do something, uh, for my career, I literally, and it's, I, I said, it's ironic because, you know, my own family put me down and, and, Drug me to the bottom of my self esteem and confidence. But I go to Hollywood, a supposedly very toxic place that's horrible. And I'm constantly getting built up by these people. Oh, man, you're so great. We love everything you do. You know, you're so professional. And it's like I'm literally constantly being uh, built up. And I'm just like, I guess I'm um, maybe I'm in a different part of the industry because I'm not having like a horrible experience. I mean, is it all great and flowers and awesome? I mean, not every time, but I love it so much. You can overlook the small things and enjoy what you actually have.
0: Yeah. At some point you're getting paid to, to smile
1: and that's yeah. a good, that's
0: a great thing. And it's, oh, it's yeah. actually really important for, I, I think maybe Hollywood's figured it out. Um, even like in the podcast world, I, I speak to other people in podcasts. I'll have them on the show. It's not about mine being better or doing better. It's, it's building that network. And mm-hmm. referring and speaking to people like uh, if, because if you don't do it, like uh, J- John Curley has a, a, a paranormal uh, podcast he does and I'm going to have him back on again. We talk, I'm going to be starting chats with him. I'll promote. I mean, you're supposed to do that and build people up.
1: Yes, uh, I've exactly. taken some
0: criticism on his podcast from people and mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing because and I told the guy, look, like, you know what? I appreciate what you said. I'm going to work on it. And in return, he's like, well, I appreciate you saying that, you, you know, that was, you know, no ego involved because yeah. that's how we learn. You know, and you need people to build up a lot. of There's too much negativity out there. You know what I mean? It's- oh,
1: there completely is. And I mean, I was telling a friend today, actually, that it's great to have a circle of people that hold you accountable. You know what I mean? It's not it's not a good thing to have a bunch of yes men around you because you don't grow. You don't get challenged. Um, My wife has called me out plenty of times on a lot of the stuff I'm doing. It wasn't necessarily bad, but it gave me a great perspective. It may have hurt to hear that kind of truth and someone be so blunt and bold about certain things. But at the end of the day, I respect her for being honest with me and telling me something about myself that I may have not noticed. I'm like, okay, I need to work on that. Yeah, else- and I love having that kind of challenge rather than like, oh, you're so good looking, you're so talented, you're this and that. Because a lot of people who I meet and don't know me that well, that's, what, that's how they start out. And they're like, oh, you're going to make it, you're great, this and that. And I feel like I would joke with people. I'm like, if I make it big, you know, and, and my wife, you know, I go to my wife and be like, oh, babe, you know, it's so great. Everybody thinks I'm awesome. And then, like, you ain't nothing. Calm down. You're not, you not great. <laughs> you know, I like I I'm excited to actually hear that because I feel like it keeps you grounded to not have such an ego about yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, listen, if you race cars and someone doesn't critique your car, you're not going to build it well enough to win a race. Mm-hmm. You have to have that. I mean, I've had people that in my life, too, like, hey, man, you're doing great. You're doing this is great. That's great. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. You're fluffing me and I don't like it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know,
1: exactly.
0: It's you need pushback uh, and you need to have criticism because without it, you don't know what to build on. And if you then imagine a world where you're doing everything perfectly, how bored are you?
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <know>? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's exactly. Like I a- mean, life became the most exciting for me uh, is something I mentioned earlier when I quit my job and went into the unknown of a career that is not guaranteed anything. But I mean, man, you know, it challenged me. I got more opportunities and I never worked harder to get those opportunities. And it felt good because I'm like, man, Look at even the job I did yesterday. Like, look at how much I sacrifice and work towards things. And those opportunities are presenting themselves. If I had just sat back, kept my regular job and not really done this, I wouldn't be here today doing this. And that is an incredible feeling. And it's like, man, I took the biggest risk and there's reward in it.
0: I agree. You know, I was just saying something similar to this the other day. It's it's, it's not at the scale you're speaking of, but had, uh, had some certain things not transpired in the last few months. I would not have gotten a specific item that I'd gotten. Mm. And so I said, well, do things happen for a reason? Because I had to go through this. That was a fail. Then I got that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like this. I pushed it. And it all led to I I received something that works best for me. And when I say received, so I got a pool cue I really like uh, Mm. for my friend, Caitlin. And if I didn't stress myself out on certain other pool cues and go through different ones and try different things, and didn't have this conversation with her she would never have done that. It would, it would never have been a subject for her to even consider purchasing as a gift. Right. So perhaps you're right. Things happen for a reason. Cause if they don't, again, you don't, you wouldn't receive that item. Had it not been a subject to start with, if you didn't go through all the trial and tribulation of the other shit.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree. I mean, one of the biggest things and words I use of who I want to be as a person is I, I love to inspire others. And that's always been something that I wanted to do because I know what it's like to feel uninspired. So I want to be someone who's the opposite inspires people. And then when I started opening up about my abuse, it inspired a lot of people, especially being a man who was abused by a woman opening up about that kind of stuff. So, so the Johnny Depp trial, I had a connection to it. It felt like a win for people who didn't believe me when I was trying to tell them I was being abused by a woman. So it, it definitely is something that touched me personally because I experienced that. Um but uh, the, the whole idea is just that it, I can inspire people through all the bad stuff I went through and that I'm still pushing myself going past that. You know, hopefully I get past this, what I'm going through now and all the challenges. And then that'll just make me more inspiring to other people. And And that's what I wanted to be. So, again, if everything happens for a reason, that makes a lot of sense. I would go through some of the worst stuff because then that'll make me even more inspiring to others. So Agreed. I think that's a positive thing.
0: I agree. I, I think. Look, I think you beat this thing, man. I personally think you do. I, you you example everything about you know, pushing forward, right? You are a forward person. You know, some people. You are right. The, the way some people are impacted by things are it, 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 that negative mindset can be damaging,
1: and it is. I used to. I used to be that, so I understand it completely.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even like the, the abuse, like a of a woman, like look, Johnny Depp when all through this thing I was watching with him, his trial. His uh, he displayed the uh, the victims uh, naturally. I mean, you can see he's yes. not, it's not an act. He didn't want to make eye contact. He was very mm-hmm. uncomfortable when she was speaking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yep. it's, I think people have this misconception, like, oh, well, she didn't beat on him. The psychological abuse is the most powerful because it it's is. it's everlasting. A bruise will heal. A bone will heal.
1: Mm-hmm. Psychological
0: damage, pretty permanent thing. You have to actually go find specialists to help deal with it.
1: Yes, and and to just add another note to that, if he truly loved her in any way, the the kind of psychological damage and emotional damage is 10 times worse yeah. because he was invested and he believed that there was something good there when there really wasn't and that does a lot more damage cuz you're you're giving yourself when you when you truly say or believe you love someone you're you're giving yourself to that person and unfortunately sometimes they don't protect your heart when you hand it to them and they do more damage so and again you just add that on top of it, and that makes it 10 times worse of, of you know uh, the trauma that's gonna exist afterwards.
0: Yeah, she had no empathy either, man. You can see her, her emotion, oh, yeah.
1: you can see that she, I mean, she straight up said, Oh, like I wasn't snickering and laughing. I mean, there's like 10 minutes of video of you snickering and laughing the entire time. Like, yeah. what do you how can you be so bold as to make lies? To the public, when it's all being recorded and presented very clearly, to everyone like that, that takes someone of a narcissist, and ego that has to be at max capacity. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially I think the scariest part is I was watching uh, a part of it. I think she was doodling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was doodling on some paper, right?
1: um i I know one of the biggest things i saw i didn't watch the whole trial about bits and pieces because it actually was very triggering when the trial first started i tried watching a little bit and unfortunately because of my trauma i was just like this is tough to watch i'm gonna like not watch as much um i know they caught her pretending to write they zoomed in on camera and she was like pretending to write on her paper she never wrote anything it was actually johnny depp that was doodling and giving like little pictures to his attorneys and stuff um during the trial um i don't know if she did i know she gave little notes and stuff i mean it's possible she did it's crazy but i think the right? biggest one was that she was pretending to write and that was kind of funny to see
0: <laughs> yeah because that's what i kept seeing these little clips of her writing i'm like is she drawing in court as she's being accused of all these horrible things like right complete disregard for what she's being what's being alleged you know mm-hmm. scary yeah so moving forward yes where do you want to go career-wise what, what is what are projects you're looking forward to getting into
1: um, I mean, you know, I think obviously, like anybody trying to break into the acting world on a bigger scale is just to, you know, be involved with bigger projects for longer periods of time. Um, I booked a TV show this, oh, actually, it's a movie I found out today with Warner Brothers for the rest of the week. I'm really excited about it. It's like a 1950s, uh, show it has a theme. Um, but as far as that goes, yeah, you know, just bigger media roles to really be able to show off my abilities as an actor. And, you know, they say that comedians tend to do really well with drama, which I've done both and told I was good at. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, just bigger opportunities. Uh, my, my game plan for myself is I'm going to get a manager. That's my next step. I have a, a solid demo reel now, a good resume, um, you know, a lot of credits And I plan on getting a manager because I think that'll really, really help me push forward because I'm hustling hard and getting work for myself too. My agent gets me some stuff, but I think having a manager, managers are a little more um, in-depth with your career. And they get you in the door with people like face to face, and that can really help you solidify roles. So I'm hoping that I can take that step in the next week or so. Once I'm this week, I had to film this movie, so I got a little busy. But I'm planning next week to pick a day. And I, I've made a lot of connections in this industry, so I know a couple really good managers that I now have the info for that I want to submit to see if I can get picked up doing that. And then uh, I strategize for my music as well. Uh, that I plan on uh, releasing a free album on my website for download. Uh, the catch is you have to enter your name and email. I'm trying to build a fan list and a master list. So that way, whenever I release music or do shows or whatever, that I have a solid, uh, you know, list so I can set out my stuff and, and and grow my my fan base for the music as well. So those are my two main goals right now uh, that I'm working towards.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll link that in description for, uh, for people to find the music. Um, you know, voice acting, the video game industry, uh, you know, I'm glad you did that. That's a big step because if you know you're, I imagine if you're liked in by one game, many will grab you because I gotta tell you, some of these video games the stories are really deep, a lot yes. of character background. It's not like it used to be. You play a game and, and you saw some some subtitles. Uh, an example: Dying Light Two. That's a lot of yes. dialogue, and there's yes. choices to be made, and so it 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 you get sucked into the story. And so that's going to be a big industry moving forward, especially with uh, VR getting bigger and and the way we interact with games changing. Like, I, I think... I think that's a future thing, man. I
1: really do. Oh, definitely. And I mean, you know, luckily I have that, uh, you know, I have a lot of skills when it comes to, uh, my talents, you know, outside of acting, I have my own home recording studio. I do voiceover work. I have a voiceover demo reel, um, you know, having all access to all these things and these skills definitely helps me. I mean, and, and even though it's just a face scan I did yesterday, um, there's potential for it. If they choose me for a main character that I might voice it. And they also look for people who speak other languages. I speak Italian as well. So that bumps me up on the list as somebody of of interest as well so i'm excited for other potentialities uh from what i did yesterday so
0: i think something will come of that big time man that's that industry is so large i I didn't know it is those act the voice actors from uh the gta 5 they made they made millions and millions of dollars man
1: oh yeah that game made
0: billions of dollars it's still making Mm. money you know yeah it's great i mean it's been almost been a decade it's insanity
1: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and then another game they have, Red Dead Redemption 2, is a huge game that made billions of dollars of voice actors, you know, became blew up uh, over it as well. And yeah, those are definitely opportunities you want to look at uh, for career-wise, definitely, especially a big company like that.
0: Yeah, that's immense, man. Before we close, uh, tell people where they could find anything for you, websites and, uh, you know, where they could find other projects you're working on do you so, so people could access you if they need to
1: yeah definitely so uh, my main website i use and it's for my music but it has um connections to everything is www.mcpr.com that's the letter m letter c p i e dot e.com and uh, my free album uh that i remastered remixed and did everything to is up there uh for download you just gotta enter your name and email address and it allows you to download the songs um, so that's kind of my, uh, main focus right now, as far as that goes, uh, everything else, Instagram is at talented. It's talented with an extra ed at the end. Uh, I post a lot of stuff on there, what I'm doing, uh, projects, uh, movies, TV shows, all the stuff I've worked on. So you'll definitely, uh, find all my stuff on there as well.
0: John, it's always a pleasure talking to you and I'm going to have you on again that I know, cause God knows you're going to be on a lot of projects. Maybe one day I'll play a game and you'll be the, you know, you're the guy, you're the protagonist
1: yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to that'd be amazing i'm a gamer so it's definitely something i'm excited about (laughs) yeah
0: that's immortality at a great rate
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: all right john i'm going to talk to john and post anyone listening i'm going to say good night good day good evening whatever it is you're going on for you and we'll talk to you again